When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, Baum, and uh, Ryan Tejas is here. Hola. I noticed some people oh. uh, comment on the show, whether it's on YouTube or online, uh, you know, Twitter and all that stuff. Uh-huh. People do re- say things about you. They just say things about me? No, they just say, you know, they like, they like Ryan. They it, like Ryan. There's a guy there. There's this guy, Ryan. Because Michael can't be alone. Because <laughs> Michael can't be alone. <laughs> Ryan. A new film by Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> that was, that's good because Michael can't be alone. Ryan, <laughs> the new thriller. <laughs> somebody from Wes make Craven. A, somebody can make a poster, but that's yeah. nice. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, yeah. People love you. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as as I say every week, without you, we're not here. So there's so many podcasts to choose from, and you choose us at least today because you like this guest coming up, and uh, she's been on the show before, but uh, she really talks openly, candidly. Erica Durance, she's here. Um, we thank you. We thank you for listening. And uh, if you want to um, leave a, a, a review, it really helps the podcast. At Inside of You Pod on the Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on the Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we're on YouTube. So please subscribe and write a review. It helps. Um, you know, somebody, uh, I, I, you know, it's always that one person that bothers you. That says something on a on a comment on a on a YouTube oh, no. that you're just kind of like motherly <laughs> and they're just like yeah you know it's like I'm gonna just fast forward past you telling everybody to watch the show and write a review something like that like I forgot what it was I was like dude I, I responded to him I wasn't mean but I was like how how do you expect me to promote my show you idiot <laughs> I mean what do you want me to do. I mean, you're not an idiot. If you're listening, thank you for listening. <laughs> well, we need more of you. But, you know, it's just like, I, I got to do that. I got to promote the show. So there you go. Hey, uh, my band Stage It, uh, mm-hmm. my band Sunspin, is going to be playing on Stage It. Please get tickets if you haven't seen the band. We're coming out with a new album soon. The band is Sunspin. Go to sunspin.com. Get tickets for the concert. We're going to be on Stage It on the um, May 28th, Saturday, 2 p.m. and a 6 p.m. show, uh, Pacific Standard Time. So get your tickets. There's prizes, Zooms, all that. Also, uh, the Inside of You online store is available for tons of merch, Smallville merch, autographs, all that. Um, what else? I'm on the Cameo and, uh, you know, whoring yourself here. The Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patreon. My patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash inside of you without you guys, I don't exist. So if you want to join Patreon and help the podcast, you can in that way in many ways. Ryan, what's going on with you? Anything, uh, anything fun? Anything intriguing? You're going to Ireland soon. Uh yeah, going a lot of places soon. Yeah, all of traveling a sudden, a lot. All of a sudden, uh, going to England, France, Spain for one of them. Good lord. Yeah, uh, you're gonna be tired. Yeah, for two weeks. I'm tired thinking about you going to these places. <laughs> I'm but, going to St. Louis. By the way, um, yeah. So after the this will have aired, but I'll be in Liverpool this coming weekend, and then um metropolis illinois june 10th weekend and australia for supernova in perth and sydney so i'll be gone as well so we're both traveling a lot yeah yeah uh, which i haven't done 
No, you haven't really. done a lot of traveling. No. So this will be good. I saw my parents, but that's about it. Just Northern California. And uh, that's really it. I, I went to you, Hawaii. You, you went to Hawaii. You liked Hawaii, but Hawaii got a little old after a while. Yeah, it's uh, Hawaii, Vegas. There's some places that you can only do for like so uh, many. Yeah, that's what happens. So many days. That's what happens. You're like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to be home. Yeah. It's amazing how you just want to get back home after a certain amount of time. You just you miss home. No matter how much you love being somewhere else, being home is the best. It just is for me anyway. Great show today. I think you're going to really enjoy this. Without further ado, I love this lady. She's beautiful inside and out. And uh, she is uh, really fun to talk to. I hope she'll come on the podcast every year. I try to get my old buddies from Smallville to come on here at least once a year. So without further ado, let's get inside of Erica Durance. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. I don't walk around like this. I just put on my fancy new shirt for my interview. What do you have an interview? First of all, you look fantastic. I don't know what it is. Is it your hair? Is it? Uh, I don't know, but you look really good. I'm not lying. I have lots of lighting on in here. It could be because I've learned that if I wear color, it makes me look less dead and old. So <laughs> Less <laughs> dead? A ton of color. Now, but, why, why are you, what's, what's the big interview for? What is it? You. <laughs> oh, it's me. I'm the big interview. Yeah, you're Michael Rosenbaum. You dressed up for me. I did. I love I did. it. Where are you? You're in Canada, right? I am in Canada. Vancouver, BC. Vancouver, BC. When's the last time you went home to Calgary? Oh, God. Like two years? Really? You haven't been there in two years? Do you have any family there still? No, I have a brother in Edmonton, mm. and that's not a destination point of travel, right. really. I, I mean, he would say the same thing. I love him dearly, but he comes to me in because, Vancouver. Well, that's nice. I don't go there. No. He's like, no. you don't have to come to Edmonton. You're like, oh, Edmonton's so known for their big mall and the Edmonton Oilers, of course. Yeah, have because a big... you spend, it's so cold there that you have to spend some time inside. Should I be matching you with intellectual <laughs> put on your glasses uh, i think you look great without glasses and with but i, I like without better <laughs> really nerdy about me so when i was a kid uh, my sister got glasses in grade three and i was in grade one and i've always wanted them and so last year i just had the slightest problem with my vision You're like, so yes. I, went in and I was like yes anybody who actually needs glasses put some on and i'm like you're such an idiot but i technically need them for dr- for night driving he almost said drunk driving. I was like, what? well, the drunk driving needs glasses as well because things just get blurry. Yeah, you and, don't drink and drive. You're not even a big drinker. I don't. I know you don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not even out past seven most of the time. So. Am I allowed to tell uh, the folks here what uh, I received a text this morning from you? What did I and do? And it just said, I so needed this. Oh, yeah. Because you got a movie. I did another Hallmark movie. I'm so excited. What's it called? It's working title. I don't. You don't actually, know. No, they're just saying working title Hallmark movie. But the ten pages I read before I said yes were amazing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you said yes without knowing anything. Ah, it's 
like, it can't be that bad, you know. No, I read it. It was good. And what I like about Hallmark is at least the last three that I've done, maybe it's because I'm older and so I'm, I'm doing different roles, but it's not quite the same love story. They, they, they still have to service a certain demographic and it has to be somebody falls in love at some point doing something, right? right. And life is all better and those kinds of things. And it's all positive and good. But each, like I did three. So I did one with Alice and Johnny in the fall and that was more about two best Alice friends. Alice and Janney? Not Alice and Johnny. I, think so. I want to work with Alice and Johnny. I think so you did one with Alice and Janney. I was like, all right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> So so wait, you just you did well, one. Allison Sweeney. Allison Allison's Sweeney. Like, thanks for the compliment. I think because Allison Johnny is awesome. Yeah, she is pretty awesome. Um, she's in the back of my mind. She's one of my heroes. Um, anyways, that one was about best friends, and then the ones that, then I did one in in December, which was called North to Home, and that was about sisters healing their past and learning to love each other. I sound like I'm mocking it. I'm not. No, I don't I'm, think you're mocking it at all. I, I think you're just oh telling me God. about it. You're, you're, I think you're excited. You're giddy. You're just like, Hey, I got this job. And you know, maybe yeah. it sounds like, you, but when you said you needed it, what, what, why are you just a little, a little, uh, you know, how's your anxiety? I know we talked about it last time. How's all that stuff going? Have you been, how, how have you been dealing with it? Depends on which time of day you catch me. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it sort of like, you know, in the mornings it's tough. And then in the afternoon it gets there easier. There was one moment and and it's not, this isn't a sexy story, but anybody who's had like really down moments knows that you somehow at 3 a.m. you end up in a bathroom. Why are you in your bathroom? Why aren't you still just on the couch upset? But I just ended up in my bathroom, in the bathtub, fully clothed. So it's not exciting. No water. I was just in there shaking. Just like, really? Really? And as I was chatting with my sister, um, I thought to myself, why is it that I end up in the bathroom? She goes, I do the same thing. <laughs> so maybe you could put it out there. When our true anxiety moments, where do you end up? It's just your safe place. It was my safe it's place. your safe place. You get in a bathtub. It sounds like a safe place for an earthquake. <laughs> right? Are you supposed to get in a bathtub during an earthquake or a tornado? What, what are, you, are you ever supposed to get in the bathtub? You're supposed to. When there was that movie where they got in the bathtub. It was Lethal Weapon. <laughs> she pulls out oh, a movie from four, 30 years ago. <laughs> they got in the bathtub and it kept things from exploding on them. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that. Oh yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah, so, I do. I do have anxiety, but I'm also working on ways to manage it. Now, look, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I am not like someone who knows everything. That's for sure. But it feels like to me that you got you get anxiety. You're, you know, you, you're uncomfortable. There's your ups and downs. You go in the bathroom. You're freaking out a little bit. But then you get a job and everything sorts to dissipate or just re you relax a little more. Is that true? Yeah, I think I think that is true. I don't want to say that it's all based around working. Right. But it, would, but it is based around things that, for example, if somebody said, thinks they have a sense of purpose, Right. Um, and they can focus all of that intensity somewhere and say, this is what I'm going to do. So depending on what you've, how you've validated yourself or what your, what your kind of pattern has been your whole life, if, if that's interrupted and changed, then it can create anxiety. So for me, you know, I started working as, as a janitor, um, when I was 10. Wait, and I, wait, wait. I was a waitress. A janitor. I, yeah. 
Where were you a janitor? My family, we cleaned the uh, local... Um, <laughs> with such no, energy. no, no, it's good. I'm just like, wow, at 10 years old, she was doing janitorial things. That's uh, that's yeah. cool. And that's why I'm still a bit of a neat freak. And I can't, I always clean up after myself in movie theaters. Right. Um, so when I was a kid, our family decided we needed to make more money. And so we cleaned a few of the buildings on Main Street after school and everything. And then I really liked having money. So then I was a waitress at 15 as soon as I could get my card. And then I've been working ever since. And so for me to go from working and then getting kind of such a, such a great job on Smallville and then going on to Saving Hope, like it was, it, I had this rhythm. This is what I did. I wanted to go out, work, come home, not spend 10 hours at home. Like, And so it was a bit of a bit difficult not having children, but changing that pattern, right? And redefining myself. Yeah. And... Um, so getting little bits of work is kind of nice again. Yeah. Plus I, I like, I like to do it. I like to tell stories. I like to create. You like so, working. You like being I, on set. You like people. I feel, like I feel like it's a bad thing to say. I actually really like working. No, I think it's a beautiful thing to say. I think you're very grateful and it seems like, you know, work makes you happy as, as, as yeah. it should. You, if you're lucky enough to do it, to have a job that makes you happy, you win the, won the jackpot in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. And again, like I love, I love my boys. They are the loves of my life. Like, How many? How many boys? I have three. My yeah. eldest is twenty-two, and then my two littlest babies are five and seven. But what ends up happening, and most women will say this too, is if you don't have a deflection, if you don't have another thing that is yours, at some point you just keep giving more of you, you, you to an intensity where you kind of lose yourself a little bit. You lose what you even liked to before. And it actually isn't healthy for them either. They may not see it. The young ones don't see it at the time because they're just like little taking um, minions. More, more, more. I can take yeah, more, yeah. more for mommy. And, you know, but at some point they don't like it either. It's not healthy for them. Yeah. And so I'm in that kind of transition too because the five and seven-year-old are in school now and they're getting past that mommy phase. I've been reading books. Let's see. This one is called the boy crisis. <laughs> wow. Look Boyfriend. at you educating yourself. You. That's cool. So this is to educate you on what to expect and that sort Mine of thing. Difficult for boys right now, all those kinds of things, but also to what to expect with their growth process. So from zero to six, it's all about mommy and she teaches them about empathy and interaction and socializing and being okay with their emotions and all of those things. Now this is very stereotypical. It can be males can teach this to you. But then once they get into like the seven to 12, then they start looking in, okay, what can dad teach me about the world? Right. Oh. So we're, we're just in a transition that way. Are and you saying sudden, daddy becomes the favorite? Is that what you're saying? It's mommy and then daddy and it kind of goes back and forth. Tired, so <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the favorite up until the point they need to like throw up or garbage. <laughs> and that's, that's mom. mom. I remember there was a kid across the street. Over and throw stuff at me, you know, like, yeah. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. I got rocket money. <laughs> okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. 
It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I remember, I remember across the street from my house growing up, there was this couple and they had this little girl. She was tiny and I remember she was picking her nose. And the dad goes, there you go. There you go. Get it. 
Get it. Roll it. Roll <laughs> it. Now give it to mommy. <laughs> I just remember that. They do that too. My kids still give me their boogers. They do? Oh, I got a booger. And now I'm getting to the point where it's like, okay, there's seven five. So we're going to have tissues now. Here's your tissue. It's a little bit gross. But like, yeah, if they were in an emergent situation, mommy is the garbage can, the booger holder, whatever. Well, how I'm do you, yes, yeah. I went somewhere, but my point is I was excited to have some work. Well, how do you balance though? How do you balance? like you get a job and then how do you study and learn your lines and do your work and then balance the mom life with the, with the kids? Obviously the 22 year old can help out. He could babysit sometimes when you need it or mm-hmm. watch them. And you got, yeah. you got dad who could, t- you know, take him in. So it's like, it's a full, the, the person that goes the most, kind of crazy with it is me because again I'm still trying to detach I'm a very attached parent and so now I'll go oh my gosh I'm going to work 16 hours a day and maybe only see them at night time you know and I go through that kind of scenario otherwise I, I I'm a crammer now like sorry homework I do study it but right I mean, when you're juggling kids or life or whatever, you're also, you know, you're kind of studying as you go the best you can. I mean, you know, there's a lot of downtime on set. Doesn't mean so you, you learn. Have- wait, wait, wait. So you can learn your lines on set. Yeah. I just, I'm always baffled by that. How someone can go on set. It's just a muscle, but it's not that I don't do it before. Here's what happens is I usually read it a few times. Right. So I know what I'm doing and I kind of have my own process of figuring out what the character wants, where they're going to be at. Cause you know, they never shoot, shoot sequentially as you know that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I hone it down to what's happening each day. And then I know kind of review it. But if, yeah, if I get behind, like when I was working on saving hope and you're like, Tom always talks about this too. It's like, if you're in every scene every day, um, you can't memorize, you, you get can't. like, you just, you just ca- can't catch up in the same way. Like you want so badly to go to sleep when you go home that you maybe review your seven scenes, but the next day it's like, there would be moments where I'd be block. And then when they're lighting, I'm back there just, just gulping it back, like memorizing it as fast as I can. But doesn't that create a lot of anxiety for you on set or not? My brain likes to work that way. That's the strangeness is the more that I work, the more frenetic I am, the, the more I'm able to do a million things at once, the more calm my brain is. My brain goes faster if I have to sit Right. So you don't like sitting. You like to always be doing something. I do. And in talking to my therapist the other day, yes, yes lovely lady that I talked to. What did your therapist have to say about that? He said to me, Erica, one of the things that your ego does to avoid the discomfort of change in your life is you've created tasks for yourself, haven't you? I was like, oh, yes, I've done so many things today. (laughs) (laughs) And I cleaned the whole house and I've like rearranged everything. And then there's surely there's something I can do for Lachlan and Liam during the day. So to actually sit and go, I'm going to do my today I did a yoga class and then not really do much. My brain is like, but I have these things that could be done. And I'm talking about like, getting your healthcare cards with the right addresses on them, getting your um, Nexus card going, like stuff that the world wouldn't end if you couldn't do it that day. Right. But I've made it a huge thing. Do you procrastinate? Do they get, does every day you have a list of things to do and they get pushed to Tuesday, to Wednesday, to Thursday? I have different kinds of lists. So I have priority <laughs> lists, and then backup lists. And then like if I'm bored lists. Ryan, do you have lists? Mm-hmm. You do. 
What, what, what are your, on your lists every day? You have lists every day. This is Ryan, my engineer, who you can't see, but you could hear his beautiful voice. <laughs> hi, uh, Ryan. Hi. Uh, not every day. Uh, on weekends, for sure. I have like, oh, you got to replace the uh, the parking sticker at, at the front when you're on your car's front window. Or just like, you know, I want to clean my desk. Or um, <laughs> yeah. uh, just little things like that. Little things to rearrange that tick boxes in your brain so that uh, you're more at ease. Yeah. And do you accomplish these things? You guys, do you feel a sense of accomplishment? Do you feel fulfilled after you get these? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you feel better, right? Really productive today. Like some of it really is practical. You have to call if they have canceled your credit card on you, or <laughs> you have to. That happened. Sit on the line and and deal with your cell phone if it's breaking or broken, or you know, especially with mom moms or dads. If dads take on the role, like basically to organize a kid's schedule is hell. So if I want to do summer camp, I have to start looking at summer camps now. It's March. <laughs> they fill up. They so fill up. there's a random competition between all these crazy ladies, myself included, online going, what are the coolest camps that my kids could go to this summer? And so you're always. It's just never ending. It's, you know, my therapist once said, Michael, you, you're trying to get your inbox to be empty. Your inbox will never be empty. There's always shit you coming lists. in. You have lists too. Though. I have lists. I have lists and I really try to get them done. Um, I do push things like today I canceled a, a physical. I just said I could do it next week. I just, I, I don't want, I, I didn't sleep that well. So I, yeah. you know, so whatever, but there is a sense of accomplishment when I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I make my bed. I know it sounds trivial, but no. I make my bed. I drink water. I, you do it too, Erica. Yeah. And you feel good. If you don't do it, you feel like what a lazy shit. Yeah, <laughs> except it's usually I'm like, what a lazy motherfucker! Like I'm like way more angry. <laughs> really? Are you you're hard on you yourself? Anything and you can't even make your goddamn bed. Do you do, do you do that? Do you yell at yourself? Yeah. You do. Are you hard on? You're hard on yourself. You're that's that's always been a case with you. You're always really hard on yourself. I think so. It's um. Some people would say I'm probably not hard enough on myself, but I, I would mm. say the voice in my head is is much more intense than like okay if it didn't happen it's okay like if i didn't make my bed that's okay right well what about what about like auditions and things like that like you still audition for things how do you deal with rejection because 99 percent of this business is rejection all the time i don't care anymore do you really not care anymore i guess like whatever man i can't do anything about it (laughs) all i can do is try not to be shitty when i go in Try not try to be in somewhat decent shape and not look too old. Those are my that's my bar. Don't look too fat or too old, and please try to do a good job when you're in there. I can't control the rest of it. That's true. If you can't control it, right? Shelf it. To, I used to noodle about it, or like the minute I had an audition, that, I, that would be in my mind. Like I'd be thinking about whether I was going to get it or not. And now I forget half the time if I've auditioned for stuff. Oh yeah, I did that. Because now the other. The other way of looking at that is, is she Zen or does she just never get auditions that she goes out for anymore? <laughs> so she's just like, Which one is it? It's the second one. No, it's not. You get stuff. <laughs> you get stuff. You get offers. You get offers. I, I have offers. But if I were to like really look at I was talking to somebody who's asking for asking acting advice, which I always think is hard because I think it's such a hard business and so much stuff is 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 lottery and like placement and people you know and then if you're in the door 
and you happen to be pleasant and somewhat good at your job, you may get you might get hired again, right? Yeah. But there's so little that you control. So I said to them, you almost have to love it to a point of a bit of masochism. Like it's like you can't stop yourself from doing it again and again and again, you know? So like same thing with auditions. I don't know how many years it's gone since stuff I've auditioned for. I haven't gotten, but it's been years. So who's the masochist? Like I just go, it's like running and hitting your head against a wall. Oh, sure, I'll do it again. Yeah. Oh, sure, I'll do it again. I mean, that's all I can say to people that like, how do I get into the business? You just keep doing it because you love it. And then you find caveats, like different types of ways that you can enjoy it. Um, yeah. People, you know, always tell me <laughs> that I have a good voice and I should do more voiceover work. And I'm like, yes. yeah, I know. Okay, thanks. I'm 0 for 63 in my okay. last 63 uh, auditions, my voiceover auditions. I just never get them. I never get them. And you don't even know why because I, I just, it's so yeah. random. It's I so remember, random. I remember sitting in for like some of the stuff on Saving Hope and I was just like, some of the reasons for people not to get hired, it was just crushing to me. I was just like, that person just like, they did the best they could. They did a great job. I know exactly what they were going through when they went out. And it was like, meh, I just don't like him. You just don't like him? Like, that's that's the reason somebody doesn't get a job. I'll tell you what. They say, that, they say that when you walk into a room, they know immediately if you're right for the part or not. You walk in, yeah. they're like, nope, let's just read them and get, get them going. I don't care how hard he worked for it. I don't get unless you're, you know, Gary Oldman and you go in there and all of a sudden you just give them oh. something that they're like, wait a minute, this guy just gave us such brilliance that we have to consider it. But they say but they you know. You for it or you're not. Or you happen to be like, I knew that there was a guy that was around for a while that like he would hire these girls and they all looked this similar. And it was just like they were hot like his wife. And so they all got jobs. And not that they weren't talented, they surely were good at their job, but they also happened to remind him of his wife. And then a few years later, he didn't like his wife. And so you wouldn't want to remind him of his wife. Like those are random things as an actor you can't control. Wow. I didn't think about it like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, or what if he reminds you like some hot girlfriend from the 20 that they dated in their twenties. And then just like, I just like her. <laughs> yeah. Or I hate her. Yeah. She crazy. Well, you worked, we <laughs> talked about this in the last podcast, but you were a casting director. You were like, Right, you were a casting director and a casting director assistant, or what, what was it? No, I worked in background. You worked so, in like, background, so you would hire background people? So, like, the casting agent, the background casting agent would call me and be like, I need this many people that look kind of like this to work in this kind of scene. And then I would go through my roster and I'd find who I could. And then I would put them on a set. Mostly, usually small, though. Really? Yeah, because we were a modeling agency and they only wanted pretty people in there. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Jeez, Smallville. Yeah, because they, they had what's her name on there? They had what's her name from Lost. Remember what's her name? Yeah. Evangeline. Did you did you hire her as a extra? You did? Yeah. You were the yeah. one who said Evangeline Lily. What is her name? Evangeline Lily is 
she's pretty. She needs to be on the show. So she was an extra. She was background while we were filming Smallville. You want to know something crazy? Please. This is another crazy thing about the business. I was in LA for pilot season when, when Lost came out. And up here, they wanted to see me for Lost. But I wasn't here. And so they convinced Angeline Lily to go in for the audition. Really? You could have been on Lost. <laughs> but you got Lois Lane. Right. So I was fine. But my point is, I had to get over that. There was a moment where I was just like, son of a bitch. But, well, you, I think you learn as you get older, as you get older. But, but again, that's putting all of the scenarios as if you could walk in and be that look. Like it was all meant to be her thing. But as an actor, you can get your head totally twisted around to the idea and sell yourself on the sentimentality that, but had I gone in for that audition, I I would have had the chance. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I honestly. I don't know ha- if you've ever had that or like been driving around LA and see a billboard and you're like, mm. well, I, did I talk about this? Maybe I didn't. Maybe I did. I'm sure in 204 episodes I've talked about it. But 204, Michael. Something like that. But, but what I do is house. I do the audition and they give you what's called sides. So you have the sides that you read. It's the pages that you read. And the second I'm done, I turn out, I walk out, out of the casting director's door and I rip up the sides and I throw them away and I walk out. You do that too. Absolutely. Yeah. I did done scenes on set. It's like it's fucking done. There's nothing it's done. To do about Get it out of your head. Next, next. What's next? What's next? Because it, it, it essentially doesn't matter anywhere. What's the most effed up story you've had as a casting director or as, you know, in, in casting, working in casting? Have you seen some crazy shit? No, because I never worked in casting per se, other, other than. Well, it's just, background. You never had any well, background, like, complain. <laughs> just not show up they would always be texting me like 3 a.m i can't go in i'm drunk and i was like ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh i just think i think the weirdest thing was casting people and then ending up on smallville yeah again you've told that story but i just i, I find I it so i don't have any other stories but i find I it baffling I, weird shit. what are the odds someone who's whose who's job it is to cast background or get background to fill it up in the, on the shows. Yeah. Gets that opportunity. How did you, how did you get that opportunity again? I can't remember. Uh, well, I was still auditioning for stuff when I was, um, working as an agent. Right. And nothing was happening really. Nothing was happening. I was just doing like the regular shows in town, like the Stargate and Chris Isaac show and all that. Right. So just trying to build up, um, my union status and then, do you know who saw me audition for something? And he brought me to LA. It was David Nutter. Nutter. He saw you audition, and he, yeah, he's something else. I was just slogging it away again at Park Royal. I was sitting out at the bus stop, and it was raining, and I was like, fuck, I'm tired of doing this. Were you going to quit? Were you thinking you are going to quit acting? Yeah, I was just like, it was done. I probably would get, kind of like keep going in, but be like uh, kind of like half-dead fish. It's just almost almost gone, right? right. Um, and then he, he said... He he uh, texted or emailed, I guess, my manager and said, you're going to go down to test for Tarzan. And I went down to test for Tarzan as the sister, which I don't fit that role at all. And then they put me on a signing um, on a deal, but I didn't know what that was either. Warner Brothers holding deal. Right. 
I just remember sitting in the Universal Hotel going, you're not right for this, but they're going to put you on a holding deal. And everybody's freaking out. And I was like, I didn't get the part. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I was still like way behind on on the significance of that. Right. And then I did a little pilot called Gramercy Park. And I got the lead in that one. So I think it's just they knew me so that by the time it came around um, that Smallville was auditioning, they brought me in. How many times did you read for it? Smallville? Don't say once. Once for Corrine and once for Greg. But then I had to test. Then you had to test. Yeah. And And then we were arguing about this on the weekend. I still had to get the pass from Walling the week, the the two days before we. Are you serious? He says no, no, no. But it was like totally true. (laughs) So you had to pass casting. You had to pass Greg Beam, an executive producer at Smallville. You had to then go test for the network and the studio fly down L.A.? Yeah, so I tested for them. I came back. Saturday, I had to come to the, the studio and do um, tests, you know, for wardrobe and hair and all that. And then they're like, oh, and while I'm at, um, well, I didn't call them on, but Tom's here, and you're going to read a scene with him. And I was like, okay, cool. It's neat. It'll help for Monday's work. <laughs> but I was still kind of scared. And, of course, then, you know, meeing somebody who's cast the show, and then I'd seen him on the show, and I walked out, and he was lumbering in. And I just turned and walked right into him. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's just so weird for me. And we went in and read the scene. I thought, okay, that went great. But I didn't know that that was my final gauntlet. You what? The final gauntlet. Like, if he had hated me, he could have punted me. That sure. was it. So you He's arguing about it. He says, there's no way I could have. And I was like, bullshit, Tom, you're being... If crazy. he said I have no chemistry with her, guys, this isn't working, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and here I was again, chick from Alberta, no clue, thinking I got the job, we'll just read, it'll be nice, and I'll see him on Monday. But I didn't know, like, if he thought I was, like, dog meat or something, or, like, super annoying. I mean, wow. I know I'm annoying, but annoying to the part of, like, I, I couldn't bear to be in a room with I, this person. I don't think you're annoying at all. I think you're really quirky I'm and energy. lovable. You're quirky. Let's, let's redefine that as really high energy. Don said that so many times on the weekend. And I met this very high energy. Wait a minute. So you just saw Tom. You were in Vancouver for an autograph signing for a con. Yeah. And he, yeah. he told you you have very high energy. Yeah. Well, he was talking in the panel, right? And he was talking about how did you guys get met and you meet each other and blah, 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 blah. And then he talked about my high energy. I, I like, never would have thought you. Sometimes being I'm re- really chill, you guys. I think, do you go back and forth? Are you, can you be by yourself? Are you good at being by yourself? Yes. For how long? Long time. When I was in Saving Hope, I didn't talk to anybody for like, really. and then it got a little dark. But I would go out into the movies. I'd go to, to restaurants by myself. I did, I can sit inside and watch tons of Netflix and read books. And I can spend a lot of time alone. Really? Yeah. You like it? I do. But I think when I'm going into the world of like, say, having to do the podcast or um, a TV show or whatever, then maybe I kind of make myself more jacked up or more manic or whatever. Do you think you do that inadvertently, like subconsciously? Mm-hmm. You do. I think so. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if I can show you a little bit more of Call America. For no, time. no, no. She's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I like America. this one. No, I think you're you're fun. Why why would you want to change who you are? I think I've had that whole that problem my whole life. I think I've always been like, fuck, I'm the annoying, obnoxious, loud guy, the center of attention. This I'm going to be the cool guy. Well, Rosenbaum, that's not in the cards for you. 
You just weren't meant to be the cool guy. You'll never be the cool guy. You could just be hey, yourself. Over there, listen to your voice. It's cool guy voice. Yeah, this is cool guy. Be like, hey man, what's up, man? I'm at a club. I listen to your radio show. I mean, I know you do a podcast, but you could do like a morning wake up or an evening. Hey, KTLA 107.5. Like, yeah, or like an evening meditation thing. I'd listen to that. Hey folks, it's like meditation with Michael. First, we want to close our eyes. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. I immediately want to listen. And exhale. You're doing this for you. It's a whole other avenue. <laughs> what do you think, Ryan? Should we do like <laughs> should we do a meditative uh, one hour that I could put out there in the app space that you could listen to my voice for an hour? Oh, people would listen to it. I I, 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 I don't think so. Point. Well, guys, write in. Tell me if you want an app. Rosen calm. Rosen calm instead of Rosenbaum. If you want the app, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll put it on uh, iTunes or whatever. And, you know, it'll be f for fun. Breathe. I just have to write it out and then. Don't and go breathe. No, but they do that. They go, there's nothing to worry about. It's just you. That's it. <laughs> It's just, just you. It's just you and me. Halfway through it, there's nothing. <laughs> I would write something yeah. better. I would Always write alone. <laughs> You're all alone. It's just me and you. Breathe deeply. Twentieth <laughs> uh, anniversary of Smallville just happened, and um, you know they got the Blu-rays out, and you know all the stuff. Tom and I did some press, and. Uh, what do you think? It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. It's been twenty years now. You got involved in what season five? Four. Four. Yeah. Season four. So you were with the show for seven, six out of the ten years. Seven years. Seven. What do you remember? What good memories do you honestly have? Like, do you that come to you right away? Not that you have to search for, but what are some oh. some moments that you have that you remember? I was happy every time I was walking from my trailer to set. I was excited. I remember marching there in my little fry boots, ready to march in and just be in, in the studio and have fun. And I mean, I really literally loved it. The only times I was ever really pissed is when it was three in the morning and I was in this strapless dress and I was cold <laughs> and Welling or you were wearing like fucking suits. But otherwise I, I loved it. I was so excited to go in and do the different scenes. I thought the sets were like when I first got there and I looked at these real sets, cause I had no idea what to expect. I thought it would be like, ting, like a tin can or something and a couple of chairs. Right. Yeah. Like, and then you walk in and it's a real barn and it's a real house. And you know, the vibe of everybody wanting to produce and, and do something really cool together that was excited about it. I thought that that was really neat. Um, I liked the stunts. I love that every time I went in, I did something different. Like every episode I was doing something completely different. Now in the first couple of years, I was like, I, would, I called myself the ba bum bum chick, which was like basically. <laughs> Say the punchline, ha ha, boom. Yeah. Like there'd be a really important heartfelt scene. And then I would come in at the end and ruin it somehow. And then I'd march out. <laughs> <laughs> which was fine. I was like, that's probably all I could handle at that point. I was so stressed out. Um, I love the Smallville back lot. The back lot, the back lot. When we got closer to the last few years, we actually had a full lot in the back. It made me feel like we were on the Warner brothers studio. Lot. You liked that. And it was just, I loved it. Yeah. we could do all our walk and talks and 
I honestly am that cheesy person. I really loved it. You just enjoyed it all. But I remember, I remember you I very cold. That's stuff annoyed me. Yeah, of course, the rain and cold um, of Vancouver. But I remember you also being um, incredibly lovable, charming, great to work with. But I do remember that nervousness sometimes. That and that's the, a little bit much. The I pressure. Was no, it was the pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. It didn't It didn't affect anybody else. It was just affecting you in your head because you just had to be. And I have that issue, too, where I have to be great. I have to be great. It has to be great. Yeah. I have to get this. I, I, want, I don't want to you know, let people down. I don't want to let. It's just like it's it's. It's that insecurity. Yeah. I've talked about it with a lot of people. And, you know, you try to, again, you try to be cool and you're like, all right, did I do a good job? Am I, are you sure you got it? Are we moving on? Are you sure you want to move on? Are you like, Shut the fuck up. But you, yeah. I'm talking about I me. I had that. I had that all the time. And it, part of it now I realize and is my way of, and, you know, you're, you're hearing this, people talk about this all the time, but, you know, you go through therapy and you realize so much stuff. Um, from your childhood yes. and it isn't even the fault of the parent trying to do things or not doing things. It's, it's a child's response to their environment. My environment was very rule based and very much get along with everybody, be a good person, never put anybody out. And if you're paid to do a job, you do it right. Which means in my mind, cause I'm a perfectionist, don't fucking make a mistake. They paid you to know these lines. And if you don't know them, when you come on, what the fuck is your problem? You should know them. That was your job. You signed on to do it. So a um, little intense, but that's just part of. That was your mentality because that's what mentality. all you knew. And also, you know, I joined into the show being a chick from Alberta who's not, in, you know, just trying to get in the business. And then I'm working on a show that's everybody's doing so well. You know, you've got Kristen who's just Kristen. She's like a walking, talking, breathing, non, and like, she's like a, she looks like she's walked out of a magazine, right? And so I was so intimidated by her, first and foremost. And she's been working forever. And she's so composed within herself. And, of course, later, if anybody watches her stuff, you realize that some of that is her own ability to socialize and those kinds of things. But all I saw was I was quite intimidated. And then you guys are from L.A., big actors from L.A. And, you know, so I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. always felt like I was off a step, right, to prove myself. Did you feel like you didn't belong? as much as you guys not being nice to me but i really felt like i i had stepped into a space of like i kept going like how am i here that's but let me tell you that, how do i still stay here and i'm not saying that from a space of like no it's understandable where you where you were coming from about myself but i really didn't get it i kept feeling like i was not how did i land in this thing and yet oh crap i gotta work they calling me you were incredibly grateful but at the same time why am i here <laughs> that I, I've been there where I'm like, I, Oh my God, they cast me. I did it. I did it. I did it. I fooled them. I fooled them. And we hear that all the time from actors. I fooled them and they're going to fire me now. Now I've got to be even better. I've got to be on my feet. I've got to, you know, uh, yeah. Or like having no clue what it is when they'll be like, that was so great. I just loved it. And I'm like, you were they always good though. It paid off whatever, whatever you did, Whatever got you there, whatever stress and it sucks and the anxiety and everything, it, on screen you never would have known. You look so confident that you just – I thought you tore it up. I thought you were, you popped. Well, yeah. definitely, you know, when you can, when you do end up watching yourself, there are times where I don't know if you even watch like a t 
10 years ago, you on a screen and 10 years, like now on a screen, if you ever see any blips of your work, you can definitely be like, oh, whoa, she was still learning a lot of stuff there. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was not also- me, not me. I look at it and go, man, you were good. What happened? You were so good. What happened, man? Yes. And then part of me goes, you still got it. Come on. You still got it inside you. You got it. You just got to show it. It's there. You got you to you want it. Get out of the eye of the tiger, man. I want it. You know, I don't want to get into it too much, but it's kind of like, you know, I don't think we got into it really last time. But, you know, you always, said, you always said Allison was really nice to you, right? You work with Allison, Mac. How honest do you want me to be? I want you to be really honest. I don't, I don't want you to call me up, though, afterwards and go cut that out. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but feel free to talk about it. But, like, you know, were you – because she, she came to me, everybody knows it. She came up to me in Welling. Oh, Rosamond, you'd really excel in this. There's this, you know, self oh, yeah. self help thing and blah blah blah. And I go, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I looked at Tom and kidding, jokingly, I just said, sounds like a cold, doesn't? But like, you know, I didn't do it. But like, did she ever try to get you to do it? Yes, she did. Because yes. she tried to get Laura as well. She tried, tried to recruit I Laura. Said, the idea of sharing all of my personal secrets brings up a visceral visceral reaction in me as well Uh, wait a minute so that came up right away that like this is no no this like well she didn't bring it up into the latter part of the seasons right right you know we had an interesting relationship me and allison right i think i think she felt like she wanted to like me i think she felt like she wanted people to see that she liked me but I don't think she really, I don't think having me there was something that was great for her. So she thought maybe you say that potentially, maybe she was a little threatened by, oh, there's this new girl that just came on the podcast. Maybe it came off show, as on the show. her being threatened, but I just, I found that there was too many little idiosyncrasies of things that would happen where I'd walk away and I was like, I thought we got along today and then I would go home and I'd be like, but that was super mean, but nobody would see it. Right? right. Like, so there is all sorts of those little things that would go on. So, um, and perhaps it was something that she was working on too. And that's why some days it would be like, she's maybe really working on trying, maybe we're just two different people. Right. I don't know, but it would be like some days it would be like, she was super happy to see me and super friendly. And other days, you know, it was not quite the same. Right. right? And, uh, and so, yeah, we weren't ever really close. But she liked you enough or hated you enough to invite you into the, into the, I guess that. Yeah, I think that was about her. Like, to be honest, I think she wanted to, she liked being in that position of, of knowledge and, and wanting to recruit and bring people in. I think she obviously really believed in it. Um, but I just, I have to say, I just didn't really trust her motivation when it came to me. Like right. I, that's just, you just felt I, like she didn't really like you. She she didn't really yeah, connect with you. Sounds like it's like a oh somebody didn't like me and I'm like in kindergarten or something. It's just the vibe that she gave me was not something that I thought. Oh, I feel like I can really trust you with myself and my in, innermost thoughts. Right. Does that, make sense? that makes perfect sense. Okay, so that's kind of our main experience. And then yeah, she did approach me to talk about it and should I I should do this thing and it'd be really good for me and um. It was too reminiscent of, I didn't trust it. And it was too reminiscent of like a very right, right wing version of my upbringing, which was confess your sins to your, everybody around you to keep you on the straight and narrow. But 
you're talking about humans there. So it's never going to be this glorified idea of helping each other. It's going to be like, I know your shit. Let's talk about it, each other. So I didn't find that to be somewhere I wanted to put myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'll get my therapist or I'll get someone else, but I'm not going to join a group of people and then talk about my personal shit with them. I'll tell you, it sounds, you know, the the first time when she did mention, it, I thought, oh, you know, there's a bunch of other people. They're very supportive. You build confidence. You build all these things. You learn about yourself. You know, the idea sounds kind of cool. But yeah, that's how they get you, right? Like the that's idea how they get you. Works through your your shit and have a sense of community. And I think we're all know, looking for that. We're all looking for a sense oh, of community. So I'm we're all a little gullible, a little naive. But I had been, as a child growing up in a really conservative Christian environment, seen and been party to. Um, those kind of experiences where you confess your deep, dark secrets and you promise to uphold each other and pray for each other and help each other. And it, it's just not a human possibility. To right. Do that, yeah. You know? Like not in, not with that many people, you might have one or two confidants where you could say, okay, this is something you really want to work through. And I, I'd like you to hold me accountable because right. I have a problem with this, but on mass, I've never seen that work. Well, I've always seen that used as a tool to, manipulate people or if not manipulate then the larger group of people would shame some some people because of that so i'd seen that in in my own life and i'd seen that with with my family and and so i was like "Mm, not for me not for me not for me yeah no i understand that makes that makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense but you're uh who is your toughest toughest critic in your family i'm talking mom dad brothers what did what is it who is the one that you try to impress that you try to like, you hope they like your work, that they don't say much to you about your work. That is the hardest because we all have somebody in our family. Mine is my dad. He's just like, you know, he doesn't say much of of anything at all. Mm, This this sounds like a cop out. They're they're all supportive of my work, but I would say the voice in my head of the person that I always, that would, would be my mother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that letting her down by either like, you know, an attack by Howard Stern or doing a part that was, you know, when I was a kid doing something topless, doing those, those kinds of things, I was always worried to let her down, even though I know nothing I did do would let her down, but she's my voice in my head. Right. You know, mom. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. This the best lady I know. I'm not knocking her, but she definitely is. Like when that stuff happened, I went, whoa, I just went against like every single thing my mom tried to program into me. Not just Well, we gotta go our own way. Fleetwood Mac said it. You gotta go your own way. And sometimes along the that way, you're gonna fall, or sometimes you're gonna look like an idiot, or sometimes you're gonna be a little embarrassed. And that's all part of it. I'm I'm mortified half my uh, half of my life. But you know, the thing with my mom, which I find interesting is like, I worry about all those things, but then she's my deepest supporter, if that makes sense. So it's almost like I've imagined I've put her in this space of judgment, but that she's not actually in that space. That's my own judgment. And she's like, anytime I've talked to her about any of those kinds of things, like her, her support and her love and her understanding of humanity and stuff is just boom, it's there. Right. So as you know, probably, I don't know if you figured out when you do if you, I don't know if you do it, um, but I'm currently doing therapy. It's like the narrative that you create is your narrative. Right. And it may not actually be what's happening, right? Yeah. In someone else's head. Yeah. You kind of put it there. Huh. 
That makes me think a lot. But like with all your pieces and all the things that you're, you know, insecurities. And then the cool thing is, is once you start realizing that, then you can kind of go, oh, I'm putting this on there because this is a thing for me. Right. I didn't know you were topless in something. Oh, yeah, it was awful. Really? Yeah. You hated it. Well, how many years ago was that? I was 20. It was my last credit to get in the union. <laughs> wow. Were you were you nervous? That had to be crazy. It was, and you know what? I have to say I didn't want to do it. Um, it was it was not a pleasant experience for me. And I would Aww. challenge anybody who's young who feels like they don't want to do that stuff. I don't know anybody who'd have the chutzpah to do it. Maybe the girls of this generation, I, more power to them. But I remember I was kissing my on-screen boyfriend. Matt, who's just a lovely person, and I was crying, and I was like, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this." He's like, "You don't have to do this." I was like, "I don't have to do this." And then I just continued to do the scene where I like tease him, and I go out into the water, and I, right, right, and it looked awful. It was terrible, and you know they didn't tell me about like I'm supposed to be topless, and then it ended up being, "I oh, let's take your pants off too." And then I hadn't prepared myself for that, so then I was wearing really inappropriate underwear. So like it ended up being like a full on. Basically, they took advantage of you. Sounds like. And then I find out later from all my friends who are in, in, um, crew and everything. They're like, "Oh yeah, we we had our stunt crew. One guy was carrying a hose. The other guy was carrying like it wasn't a close set. I didn't know about that. I was so fucking scared. Oh, my thing. But I'm so driven too. So my brain was like, six credits. I'm in the union. Then I can be a union background performer and I can make twenty dollars an hour." And then I can try to audition for bigger parts. And so my brain just went, fucking do it, Erica. Like, get past all the stuff from your childhood. This is your awful. And now I realize, no, that's probably part of my makeup. Like, I really didn't want to do that thing. If you can go back in time, you would not, never done it. I would have had the, I would have said no. You would have said no. Yeah. I know a lot of women sit here and go, no regrets. I learned. Yeah, I learned from it. But I wish, and what I'm learning now is that, it's okay to use your voice. Say what you need to say. Yeah. Don't give a shit about whether it's going to upset the day or upset a bunch of people on set. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. You know? And that's what I would have told my 20-year-old self. Wow. Words of wisdom. I like that. I like that. No, it is. It's smart. <laughs> Do it, but... Uh, this is Shit Talking with Erica Durance. Uh, these are questions from my lovely patrons. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you and join Patreon and support the podcast even more. These are questions. Here we go. Sophie okay. M., if there were a book of your life, what would the title be? This is funny. I don't know. How about Wild Child? Yeah, I like that a lot better. Wild, Wild Child <laughs> is a Jim Morrison book about Jim Morrison. <laughs> Wild child. Wild child. Child. Uh, Leanne, serious question from one Canadian to another. Milk in a carton or bag? Bag. They say bag. Carton. Carton. Milk in a carton. Except for when I was a kid, it was in a bag because we got it right from the cows. Or on rough, rough times, we had powdered milk. Oh, boy. Oh, no, I have not. Those are the rough days where you're just like, kids, this is what we got left. Let's make us mix up this pattern. It's not that bad. Dana S., where is yeah. your happy place when the world is too loud besides the bathtub? Besides the bathtub? Where is your happy place? Oh, my It God. could be on in the bed reading a book. It could be in a park. <laughs> it could be uh, It could be wherever. It could be back home with your mom and dad. It could be anywhere. Oh, my God. 
when the world is too loud. Happy. Um, Therapy. I have a bench hidden in the woods somewhere that I sit on. You do? Yeah. And how often do you go to that bench? Well, it depends on how many times I need to be. Yeah, wait, how often? Uh, a few times a week. And you spend an hour there? Uh, as much time as I can. And I just stir. It's that stir. peaceful, <laughs> that happy. It's that happy of a place. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's because the trees just go on and on and on and on and on. Um, That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I don't have a bench in the woods. But, you know, that's kind of the romantic version. Sometimes my happy place when I'm at home and my kids are here and they're sleeping is to go into my closet, (laughs) shut the door and listen to some music. Wow. Ryan, what's your happy place? Let it flow. What's Ryan's happy place? I'd have to think about that. Uh, There was a time in, in my 20s I lived near the beach. And I would take myself down to the burrito place. I'd go grab a burrito and I'd sit on the beach and eat my burrito. That was a great time. Just by yourself, out by in, your lonesome. Yeah, out in Playa del Rey. What's the place called? You remember? Yeah, it's just the beach out in Playa del Rey. Or the, the, the burrito place. I think it's still there. It's called Senor G's. Senor G's. It was just there. I like it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of my happy place. You know, in my guest room bed, about, you know, taking a nap with my dog. Oh. There's just something just peaceful and I just sonk out for 40 minutes or an hour and just, or just like lie there with my dog. Just beautiful. There's Uh, something about the animal that makes a huge difference. You know, my therapist, my somatic therapist, I have different therapists for different things, but my somatic therapist says, try breathing with your dog, like the same breaths as your dog, kind of get in sync. Mm -hmm. So you lie there with your dog and you try to do it and it's, it's kind of peaceful. It's kind of peaceful with an animal. I don't know. Maybe it sounds I mean, weird. They know how to. They know how to do that, and, and it's a strange thing to say. But I'm reading a book called Breathe, and it's talking about how over the course of a very, very long time, this, the humans have forgotten how to breathe properly, even to the point that it's changed our um, evolution. It's changed the shape of our jaws and inside our nasal chambers, and that's part of why some people like they they go to sleep therapy clinics all that kind of stuff because the actual inside of our skulls have changed because of our lack of, of ability to breathe because we've allowed whatever it is in our life to keep us from breathing and i wonder if there's something innately like with your dog or something that they just know i do it right and right. we like our emotions or spaces we stop we do shallow breath or short breath or we hold our breath or I don't breathe enough. I, I do not breathe enough. A lot of times during this interview, I'm sitting here and sometimes I'm just, I, I, I actually think about it. I go, breathe. And I yeah, just go. We forget to do it. So there's a book called Breathe, which breathe, you should read. Breathe with me. Raj, tell me about the worst haircut you ever got. What the hell, Raj? <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many bad ones. Yeah. Um, when I was in grade 11, I loved having short hair. I had short hair for a really long time um, in high school. And when I was in grade 12, I got a haircut. And as it grew out, I started, I looked like one of the Beatles. Perfect. Which one? <laughs> Ringo. So, like, it was just like a bowl cut. And that's what I had for my my grad photo. Beautiful. I'm going to see that picture. You're going to have to send it to me, please. I'll see if I can find it. It's pretty spectacular. Lisa H. Lois was a big white snake fan in Smallville. I didn't know this. 
Uh, yeah. but what about well, you? Do you? Where apparently she made him a love show. White <laughs> Snake. They sing. Is White this Snake. love? I listen to. Is this love that I'm feeling? Is yeah. this the love? And they also sing. What's that other song? Isn't it here I go again on my Oh, own. I love that one. That's Isn't it. that it? Yeah, that's it. I went to a phase where I played that over and over and over again when I was running. Bob K, no question. Just a thank you for your honesty and your sincerity. And my severity? Sincerity, not your severity. Oh. Bob, <laughs> he says thank you for your honest honesty and your sobriety. No, no, no. Your sincerity. Your sincerity. <laughs> thank me for my severity, but I am very severe at times. So thank you, Bob. You're you're a very sincere person. I think when you say hi to someone, when you haven't seen someone, you're very genuine. You're very sincere. Do you feel the same way about me? Yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. That's a selfish question. <laughs> really? I actually do. Well, I do care. When I ask you how you are, I really do care. Yeah. yeah. That's why you do well in your podcast. Yeah. Because I don't care about every everybody I interview. Sometimes I'm just like, all right, whatever. But most people, they open up. You open up. You share so stories. Good. good person. And then you know what I notice? It's not always um, the, the sign of good character is not the people that are good to good to everybody on mass. It's the people that are good to to the ones that look like they have they're a little bit broken or they're like the outcast or the broken bird or whatever and i've witnessed countless times where we've been at conventions or with people on set or whatever you you, I, you can it's like you hone in on anybody that like a little bit uncomfortable or and you go right to them hmm. that's the kind of character to me I made me tear up a little bit i don't know why it made me tear up a little bit because i do always love going beelining like, i can see you people. literally feel it here yeah. and you go to those people and yeah. i think it's magnificent i just feel there's something in me that goes i'm gonna make that person feel good uh, somehow i'm gonna do it i just need to i want to i have to um yeah. that's that's funny that you say that no one's ever really said that no one said that to me that's really? that's weird but i think that one of like the major characteristics that i see of you well now i your kindness but kindness like people go, oh be kind it's not it's kind to the ones that need it the most yeah, that's that's a unique thing, but I, I appreciate that, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna take that compliment. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it inside, and I'm not gonna say no. Come on, and you know yeah, people always like do that. that. People always go, oh, you're so pretty. You're like, no, stop. My hair is bad. I didn't shower. I didn't even. You know, no, you look really pretty. Really, just take it. Take, take the compliment. compliment, Ryan. You look really handsome. You shaved. You look really handsome, buddy. Yeah, like what would be the worst thing in the world if you're we welcome. just as we age just go? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kind of a restful, settled place to be. Yeah. Well, but it I, does. After it, you feel like I gotta fill the, the dead space quick. Flip into a new topic. <laughs> they just complimented me, and I can't take it. When do you go film? Um, March twenty first. For how long? Just for the three weeks. Where? Vancouver. Vancouver. So you get to be home. Yeah. What a treat. I know. I'm very excited about it. Are, is Hallmark a negotiable thing with your contract? Or can you negotiate with them? Or are they just sort of, this is your salary. This is what you get. Here we go. We can negotiate, but everything is within reason. And I think it's also given each project. Right? right. So I kind of look at the project. Like, how high are you on the list? Right? Three, four, five down the list. You're not going to be like, I mean, this is my right. Are you number one? And this one, I think so. Oh, 
number one gets yeah. to negotiate. But I'm not quite sure because I haven't. There's another another character in there that actually I think should take precedence, but I don't know if it'll end up happening that way. It doesn't matter to me. But but what it does matter is when you go into negotiations. Like there used to be this kind of thing in the business where it'd be like, I made this once on one movie ten years ago. I want this is that. What you're paying me now for everything is <laughs> it's, it's totally a different yeah, story. Not like that like, different production company, different studio, different everything. This is how much I'm contributing. This is my my rate. And then you work. Otherwise, I think, yeah, likely work would diminish quite a bit. Well, this has been awesome. I think you're an amazing person inside out. I love talking to you. I'm glad we did this again. I want to do it every year as a catch up. That would be great. Yeah, this is this is so much fun. And I, I, just, I love when you open up. You're very open. You're a very open person. You kind of, I, although I never thought that of you. But you, I never would have thought it. The first time I had you on the podcast, before that, I was like, I don't know if she wants to talk about anything personally at all. And you do. You open up about who you are and, you know, and and life. And it's just, it's it's a breath of fresh air, really. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you again. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> when am I going to see you? I, I might see you when at a con, I guess. When con we do? I don't know. Are you doing Liverpool? I might do Liverpool. Liverpool then. So we'll have dinner in Liverpool. I would love that. I love but, it. I love you. Cool Thank is you. it to say that? I love you too. What would you say? How cool is it to say I'll see you in Liverpool? We're going to have dinner. Oh yeah, that is cool. I'll Remember see you in Liverpool. Has gotten you down? You go. I got to say something like that. That's really cool. <laughs> it is cool. I'll, I'll, we'll have dinner in Liverpool. Okay. All right. I love your face. She's great. She's great. She's like me. She's a, she's a bit of a worrier. She uh, she gets anxiety. She gets these, you know, and mm-hmm. she's uh, but she's got a huge heart. And uh, thank you, Erica. Thank you for putting up with me. And Ryan, you know, Ryan's here. You know, you got to put up with him too. So well, that was. She didn't have to look at me the whole time. That's true. She has to look at me, which is uh, not easy all the time. Yeah. I wish she'd come over in person, though. She wasn't in person. No. Erica, next time you're going to fly to L.A., and you are going to stay in the guest room, and you are going to, if you need a place to stay, that is, and you are going to sit where Ryan's sitting, and I'm going to interview you live. Chris, Kristen Kruk, I want to do that with, too. But uh, anyway. It is nice when they're here. It is. It's yeah. nice when they're here. It just gives me a, an energy, and a lot of people have been coming in. We just had Nathan Fillion on the show. He'll be that will be airing soon. And uh, the Judd Apatow. Thank you for listening to the Judd Apatow interview. If you ha- <clears throat> if you haven't listened to Judd Apatow, it's one of my favorites, and Ryan one of his favorites. Uh, yeah. It went really well. Got a lot of good press from that, and a lot of uh, positivity. Judd actually uh, messaged me saying how much he enjoyed it, and uh, the response has been great. So that's fantastic. Judd, thank you. And uh, right now, why don't I read the top-tier patrons? Um, also, all the stuff I mentioned before, uh, just listen to the intro about uh, the new the stages coming up so you can watch our music and the cons that I'll be at. They're all in the intro, so if you want to hear where I'm going to be, where you can meet me, all that stuff, go to the intro. Uh, right now, let's do the shout-outs. These are the top-tier patrons. They are the folks that really give back to the podcast and help keep it afloat. Uh, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. And th- big thanks to my editor, Jason. Jason Nelkin, thank you. Love you, buddy. Great job. Ryan here, my right-hand man. Ryan Tejas. And we got Bryce Mallers, who's uh, my producer. And the ladies over at uh, Westwood One Well Cumulus, um, Agnes, Katrina, and Teresa. Um, yeah, so thank you. 
Here we go, top tier patrons. You get a shout out. This is one of the perks by being a top tier patron. You get your name shouted out. Shout it, shout it, shout it out loud. You know, if I had my phone on here, I'd play at the beginning a, a little clip of uh, a new song that's coming out. Oh, is that one of yours? One, no, oh. that's a, actually Kiss. <laughs> the band Kiss. It's always something I don't know. It's always something in Philadelphia. Huh? What? What? <laughs> it's always something in Philadelphia. Oh, it's always sunny, sunny. in Philadelphia. Yeah. Here we go. Nancy D, Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Kristen K, Raj C, Joshua D, CJ P, Jennifer N, Stacy L, Jamal F, Janelle B, Kimberly E, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 more, Ramira, Santiago M, correct, Chad W, Leanne P, Maya P, Maddie S. Correct. Belinda N, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Liliana A, Talia M, Betsy D, Chad L, Rochelle, Marion, Meg K, Dan N, Big Stevie W, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super Sam, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Gavinator, David H, C. Correct, David C. John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, The... C. Joey. Um, pants. You were right. Um, you went, mm, M. Oh, M. Correct. Joey That's M. right. That's Joey M. Willie F, David H, Omar I, Design OTG, Eugene N. Leah. Oh, it wasn't Eugene N. Eugene End. Oh. Leah. Sorry about that. Chris P, Nikki G, Corey, Nicole, Patricia, Heather L, Jake B, James B, Bobbitt, Joshua B, Tony G, Megan T, Mel S, Orlando C, Orlando. Hi, Orlando. Orlando C and John B, Caroline R, Rob E, Paul C, Christine Ace, Ace S, Christine Ace, <laughs> uh, Sarah S, Eric H, Spring, Jennifer R, Shane R, and Emma R. Three R's. Just remember, Jennifer R, Shane R, Emma R, just in case I ask you next time. Three R's in a row. Three the reading, writing, and arithmetic of uh, patrons. Yeah. Um. Hey, guys, thank you. All I got to say is thank you for uh, listening again to the podcast. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, I, I think it gets in my head when people sometimes occasionally leave a comment like that, where it's just like, you know, just get to it. Or, you know, I'm like, so I want to fast forward through shit. But I don't, this is my fucking show. Also, I don't need to do that. You don't need to tell them that you're fast forwarding. You can just do it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's part of yeah, it. It's part of it. It's part of it. It's you just go, it. just fast forward a little jingle, and then you'll know when the interview starts. I hope you don't fast forward. I hope you uh, listen to the beginnings. Um, you know, in case you want merch, or sometimes there's a discount on merch, and sometimes there's, you know, concerts that you can go to, and and things like that. This is true. Don't skip it. Yeah, don't skip the front. Listen to every. Second. I mean, if they're still here, they're they're my loyals. Yeah. If you're still here right now, listening, you're a loyal. Because most people have turned me off already. They're done listening to my voice. You got home from work and you just sit in your car. It's parked and you're waiting for this to end before you go inside. Yes, that's right. So I should hurry up or um, drag it out. Maybe they don't want to go home. I don't want you to go home. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to talk to you. I want to keep talking to you. Do you hear me? Uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you today and each week. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Please spread the word. Get everybody you know to watch and listen and write a review. And uh, from myself, Michael Rosenbaum, here in the Hollywood Hills of California. It was gravelly this time. Was it? Was it? Hey. Hey, I'm Ryan Taz. Ryan Taz. The Hollywood Hills. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.